This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Did you guys have one of these growing up? A little toy box? Man, my toy box growing up, it was white. And it had like red and, and yellow, maybe some blue clowns and maybe balloons on there and things like that. And I don't know about you, but my toy box was full. Okay, it was full of toys, all kinds of toys, little matchbox cars and, and, you know, bigger cars, too, that had batteries in. Some of you know what those are like. And, we're, you know, we're not talking about those little bitty lithium batteries. We're talking like C and D size batteries in those cars, right? There a whole lot of things in my toy box, puzzles, books, slinkies, etch-a-sketch, Lincoln logs, all those kinds of things, and, you know, footballs and, and guns and all that. And, and sometimes, you know, when I would open up my my toy box and I'd be reaming through there, you know, I'd find a toy I forgot all about. Didn't even know I had it. Oh, yeah. Joy. Toy. Yeah. How about you? What was in your toy box when you were growing up? Why don't you take a minute to share with those sitting around you something that was in your toy box when you were growing up. Go ahead. Apparently, we have some pretty full toy boxes. That's all right. Right? Hey, the reason why I bring it up, right, is as Pastor Ben mentioned, we're in our series, Welcome to Victory, where we're looking at our mission and our core values. And one of our core values here is fun and joy. Okay, And if you don't think that fun is a part of what we do and a part of our fabric here, I want to encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out the posts, the videos, and all those things. You know, we have a ton of fun. Like Pastor Ben and I, this past week, we were gone to a conference in Chicago. We had a blast. Can't tell you all those things that we did there. But anyway, uh, when we get back, when we get back, our offices are decorated, right? have a lot of, lot of fun around here. But, you know, before we dig down into this core value of fun and joy, especially joy this morning, I want to review where we've been so we can all be on the same page. This, this series began a couple of weeks ago, and we started off with our mission here at Victory. And understand again, when we're talking about our mission, it's really Jesus' mission, right? It's his church. So we're just following him and, and what he said that, that we're supposed to do. And, and we learn from Jesus, his words and his life, that the church is to be a movement, okay? A movement going out. And so our mission statement here at Victory is reaching today's people with Christ's victory. Okay, so reaching, we're, we're going out uh, to today's people with Christ's victory. And, you know, as we considered that, that mission and everything, what we understood then that since Christianity is a movement, that this building is only a, a part of it, that this isn't just our mission field right here. We put a map up on the screen and we showed where uh, different members and regular attenders live. And we said, that's our mission field. 
You know, in our home and in our neighborhood, when we drive by all these houses, apartments and stuff, that's our mission field. And we went on to say too, well, you know, that, that's only part of it too. Because when we go to work, when we go to school, that's our mission field too. And when we go out and, and we go to the sporting games or, you know, to the movies or wherever we go, we go on vacation, that's our mission field too. And we even talked about that social media, that's our platform for missions as well. Our, our mission field is expansive as we're a part of this movement of following Christ of Christianity. And last week, Pastor Ben, he, he talked about one of our core values, our core value of being welcoming. And, and I hope, I, hope I, I pray, I pray that you all feel welcome when you came in and that you feel welcome now and you always do. Pray that, that when you came in, you were greeted by smiling host team members. And when you walked in, more host team members were there. The Victory Cafe, Victory Kids, the ushers, smiles on them, welcoming you and me to victory. It's part, it's one of our core values. And, and Pastor Ben said, well, you know what? Since Jesus welcomes us and accepts us where we're at, and since Jesus is actually devoted to us, he shared with us, you know what? We can be devoted to one another. That, that, that even the larger we get, we can form like small groups and become devoted to one another. We really get to know each other and share God's word and life together and be just devoted to one another. Today, then, we're going to continue on with our core value of joy. And as we do so, we're going to turn into Acts chapter 4. And just want to remind you again that, that Acts, that whole book, is about the movement of the early Christian church. Okay, So verse 23 in Acts chapter 4 says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So, you know, on their release. Right? Peter and John, this release that it's talking about, we're not talking about like an early school release, you know, on their release. Hey, I got out of school early. This is a great day, you know. That's not the release that we're talking about. We're not talking about the release where they came home a, a day early from vacation so they could post all their photos on Facebook and stuff like that, you know, so they could chill out before they go back to work. Uh, their release, we're, we're not talking about, golly, man, early Black Friday sales, let's go. And so they went out and they found some really cool deals at Best Buy and Target and things like that, and they got home early. That's not the release that we're talking about. The release that we're talking about, that's talking about here in Scripture, is they were before the powerful, powerful and corrupt Congress of the church, Okay. This same group, this Congress of the Church view, this same group is the group that said that Jesus should be crucified. They're the same group of people that ushered Jesus to the Roman authorities who had that ability to crucify him. And, and so Peter and John are in front of those guys. They get released by those guys, not because it was the right thing to do, but because that corrupt Congress couldn't find a way where they themselves could look good while doing wrong to Peter and John, so they let them go. Okay. 
And when Peter and John are released, they go back to their family and friends. And it says, and they they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And so Peter and John, they go back and they, they talk about the abuse that they experienced. Okay. They talk about the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual persecution and intimidation that they experienced before that Congress of the church. They talked about all those horrible things that were going on and and understand the the stakes were really clear. They, they, They didn't say to Peter and John, hey guys, man, if you keep talking about Jesus, there's no way you're getting that job promotion. Now, that'd be bad enough, but they didn't say that. They didn't say to Peter and John, hey, if you keep talking about Jesus and all the things he does, you're going to get fired. You're going to be out of here. Now, that'd be bad enough, but, but that's not what they did. They said, Peter and John, man, if you guys don't keep your mouth shut about Jesus and all that he's doing and all that he's done, you're going to be in prison. We're going to throw you in prison. And while you're in prison, don't know, but you might just die there. Just saying. Just saying. Pretty tough circumstances to find joy in, right? So Peter and John, they they go back to their family and friends. They, They report this abuse and then this is what collectively they all do together. It says when, when they heard this, they heard all about all those things that happened to them. They, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David, saying, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So they they just went through this horrific time Tremendous pressure, intimidation, and persecution. And they go back and they pray. They go back and they pray. They didn't rip these guys apart. They they went back and prayed. And and what we have unfolding before us, you got five of the seven verses of the prayer. It's just a seven-verse prayer. The first five verses of the prayer are all praising God. It's got threatened with their life, and they come back and they say, God... God, you are the creator of all things. God, you are ruler over all things. God, you control all things. You know all things, God. There is no one as powerful as you, God. God, you receive glory. They praise God. First five verses of their seven verse prayer, just solid praise of God for who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. And then the last two verses are their requests. And and here those words are. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great 
boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You see what they didn't pray for? They were suffering again that persecution. They didn't, God, protect us. They didn't pray that. They didn't say, God, consider their threats. You heard them, you heard them. You get them, God. You get them. They didn't pray that. They didn't pray, God, send us someplace where where people are going to be more receptive to you. Send us to this easy mission field, wherever that might be. We'll go there. They didn't pray that. They prayed, God, in, in the midst of this persecution, in the midst of these life threats, make us bold. Make us bold to proclaim Jesus. Make us bold to proclaim your word, God. Give us that spirit. Give us that power. And God, the other part of the prayer, God, there are all these people. They're hurting. They're sick. They're hungry. God, use us. Use us to meet their needs, to reach out to them, to meet them where they're at, to fulfill them up with the gifts that you have. And God, and while we're doing that, God, while we're doing that, God, you get You get all the glory because it really is you. It really is you. And after they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So I have two questions for you. What robs you of joy? And what brings you joy? See, as I look out, as I look out this morning, I know, I know that more than a handful of us have been in the doctor's office or in a conference room at a hospital waiting for the doctor to come in with the results. There's been a pit in our stomach, heart heavy and hurting, and the doctor walks in and confirms that our loved one herself has that illness, that dreaded disease, or that our loved one didn't make it. Tough times, times 10,000 easy. I know, I know looking out this morning that there are any number of us who've experienced and maybe are experiencing right now the joy robber of loneliness. We just wish, just wish there was someone that we could talk to. Someone who could empathize with us. Someone who could understand. And we're not finding that person. And we feel all alone. And, and I know that as, as we gather here too, that some of you know about this. You can be in a really big crowd, really big crowd with a lot of chatter, with a lot of smiles, with a lot of jokes, with smiles on their faces, and maybe you having a smile on your face too, and you still are lonely even though the room is packed. Circumstances like illnesses and diseases and loneliness can be joy robbers. Sometimes what robs us uh, of joy is not only what is missing 
from our toy box, but what's inside, like unmet expectations. We, we filled up our, our lives with these hopes, right? For some of us in the past, for sure, maybe some people right here, right now, we're just going, man, if God, if you'll just give me Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, you know, my life is going to be complete. I'm going to have this great joy. God, if you give me Mr. or Mrs. Right, whoever that, you know what? I may not even pray to you anymore. I may not need to because I'm going to have it made. It's going to be all good. Not realizing that even Mr. or Mrs. Right is a broken person and that a, a broken person sooner or later is going to cause some breaks, maybe some cuts in the relationship. And so we have marriages that are struggling and fracturing and maybe fractured because of unmet expectations. For some of us, we can, man, I, you know, I'll fill my toy box. Oh, I have a lot of joy. I just, if I just get the house, you know, this is a beautiful house. When I have the house, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be joyful, right? And, or the nice car, the really nice car, the vacation. Maybe furniture, new appliances in the house. When I get that, I'll be happy. I'll be filled. I'll have joy. I, I just... I just want you to think about this for a minute. Just think about this for a minute. Don't you think it's hard to find joy in life from something that's not alive? Think about it, trying to find joy in life. Life. With something that's not alive. Probably one of the, the greatest joy robbers of, of all time. Unconfessed sin and unresolved guilt. Guy by the name of David knows all about that. He's actually a king. He, he had everything, including a secret life. And while it was secret, it was just ripping him apart. He said about that time when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But I don't want to play with any of those toys, do you? But we do, don't we? Whenever we try to find joy, whenever anyone tries to find joy in something or someone other than God, sooner or later, it's going to end up this way with addiction or anxiety, a quest for comfort or control, striving to be enough. And if I could just be enough, be enough for my marriage, be enough for my children, be enough for my parents, be enough for my boss, be enough for God. And when we get there, right, then it turns into competition, and comparisons. 
And then we have a, an unsettled and a disquieted and, and an angry spirit. And we have insecurities. And then we try to make up for those things and we get tempted to do things, make other people look bad, whatever it might be. And then that leads to sin and then that leads to guilt and that leads to shame. And, and I want you to know that I know, I know that that describes each and every single one of us either today or in the past. I know. And you, you may feel like you are surrounded with hopelessness, but you're surrounded by God. You know, you, you may have been trying to fill your toy box with all these things, but you can have joy because you're surrounded by God the God who rejoices in you. Even though you've been messing around with other toys. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. See, your, your worth and your value, that's, that's not in what you've done, not in what you've accomplished. It's in who God is and what he's done for you. And, and check out what Jesus has done for you. I'm gonna read for you from, from Hebrews 12. This is what Jesus has done for you. And check out his motivation, the reason why he did this for you, right? He says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the joy, for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross. I'll go, I'll go. Why? Because he's joying over you. Why? Because he takes great delight. You got these sins. I'm going to take them away. That's going to bring me joy. I can't wait to see your face. I can't wait to see your heart. When you realize your sins are forgiven, I love you so much. It brings me joy. I want to take away all your sins through the cross. He rejoices over. Scriptures say in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Not in accordance with what we do or don't do, but in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, when, when you're seeking out joy, you're, you're seeking out something you can't accomplish because God's already accomplished it for you in Jesus and he brings it to you in Jesus. Your joy is not the result of your hard work. It's not the result of luck. It's not the result of destiny. It's the result of God. You see, just like an apple tree produces apples, God produces joy. He brings us joy. Some of you maybe will remember when we had our, our, our sermon series on the fruits of the Spirit, right? In Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit leads us to grab onto that truth. We can have joy in any circumstance 
because we have God's grace and favor. It's what Pastor Ben read that the Apostle Paul wrote while he was in prison for sharing Jesus. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. In the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice that God is who God is. And when you go through tough circumstances and tough situations in life, know they're not in control. God is. Know that when you're concerned and worried about your loved ones, your family and friends, know that God is in control. And when you're beating yourself up or when Satan's beating you up because of your past, because of your thoughts, because of your wishes. Remember, God's in control. And Jesus is, yours and mine, our debt deliverer, our fault forgiver, the giver of gifts and the giver of grace, the one who not only hears our prayers, but takes great joy in answering every single prayer in the best possible way for us. Remember Jesus. He's your strong tower. Your refuge, whether you're strong or weak. See, God is the potter, okay? He's the potter. And he's making you Beautiful. See, joy is, is a major, major theme in Scripture. That Jesus has overcome our enemies, those, those things that persecute us, those things that intimidate us, those things that weary us, those things that cause us fear. Jesus has overcome all those things. And so we can have joy. In every circumstance. That, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean to suppress your sorrow and your pain. But that means in the middle of acknowledging your sorrow and your pain, that you recognize that Jesus has overcome even those things. Even those things. See, as, as I look out, this, this is what I see. I, I see in, in you. I see in you. I see in every one of you someone who wants joy. And I know there are a few here this morning that you want that joy so bad. And, and you're glad that other people have that joy. You're, God, thank you so much for, for bringing them joy. But, but you're thinking that it's not for you. There's too much water under the dam and life is messed up. I'm, I'm shattered, I'm broken, I'm bruised, I'm beaten. It's just, it's good for everybody but, but me. Okay. And no matter who you are, no matter who you are, I want you to remember that God sent an angel and God had this angel say this for you. No matter who you are, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for 
all the people, all the people today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. So here's your next step. Go to your toy box and empty it of all those things that you thought were going to bring you joy. And I, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. So pray, Holy Spirit, help us go to that toy box and let go, get, get rid of those things that are actually robbing me from joy instead of giving me joy. Holy Spirit, help me to get rid of And for those things that are true blessings from God in your life, recognize that indeed that was God who gave them to you. And so rejoice in the God who gave them to you way more, way more than in the blessing itself. And you know, as their toy box gets cleared out, and there's nothing there but you and God. Listen to this, Psalm 16. You fill me with joy in your presence. Rejoice that you are created by the creativity of God. That you're gifted by God who is super generous. That you're loved with an everlasting love. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And you didn't write them there. I didn't write them there. Jesus wrote your name there with his blood. It's all good. See, that, that's why we can have joy. That's why we can smile. That's why we can be welcoming. That's why we can, you know, give each other a hard time. That's why we can have fun. Because there's forgiveness here in Jesus. Remember I was talking about earlier how, you know, I'd go in my toy box and be ripping through there every now and then. I'd find a, a toy that I forgot about and everything. It was like, ah, yes, that's cool, you know. Hey. For some of you, this might be a brand new toy, okay? But, but for some of you, maybe you, you just forgot about it. Let, let's see. Jesus. See, there's a, a secret to joy. Here's the secret. God is joy. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we come to you this morning. We confess, man, we've been trying to fill our lives with so many things. And, and maybe a little bit of you, <laughs> but a whole lot of other things. And Lord, we just want to confess that. And as we confess that, we know that you come running to us in joy to assure us we are forgiven. Lord God, fill us with you. Fill us with you. And we will have joy this day and forever. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.